eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Last week, the Dolphins traveled to Chicago for joint practices with the Bears. This week, the Dirty Birds are in town. But before we get into everything from Wednesday's practice, before we get into the trade for Greg Little, let me welcome you into Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, SB Nation's official Miami Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Josh Houts. You should already be following me on Twitter, at Houts. And I am joined by the one, the only, the greatest co-host in the world, the verified journalist himself, Jake Mendel. You can follow him on Twitter at JME. And D-E-L-94. Jake, how are you doing today, my good friend? Josh, I'm ready to run through a wall. You uh, painted the picture perfectly there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Jo- and, you know, Josh, when you look at it, we're getting closer and closer to the start of that football season, man. We're, we're slowly, slowly getting there. Snailing along. I mean, it's not like Turbo. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but we're definitely crawling along very slowly. And, <laughs> you know, we just got to get through each day one day at a time, right? Exactly, exactly. So Josh, we had a little bit going on before the uh, Miami Dolphins and Atlanta Falcons decided to get together for a few days of practices together. And uh, it started on Tuesday, today being Wednesday when we are recording this podcast. The Dolphins had until 4pm to shrink the roster to 85. And uh, I tweeted that I I was a little surprised. I guess a lot of people didn't know that. I don't know if everyone was just a little surprised that the number was so small. And it's going to kind of continue that uh, way, Josh, moving forward, where next Tuesday, 
following the game against the Falcons. They'll be able to cut the roster down to 80, and then you dive all the way down to 53 on August 31st uh, to have your quote-unquote regular season roster. But again, with that, it's important to keep in mind, uh, you can use the good old Madden roster experiment. Look at what a roster looks like when Madden's first released to opening day. I mean, there alone is just such a huge difference in the amount of transactions that are made. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, we didn't see any of those big roster cuts. You know, we didn't hear any of those big names that some of us are speculating could be, uh, you know, released. Some of those names, though, that Jake the Dolphins did wave injured cornerback Jaitlin Askew, wave tackle Jonathan Hubbard, defensive tackle Jerome Johnson, guard Tyler Mars, tackle Timon Paris, and placed wide receiver Alan Hearns on injured reserve. But Jake, you know, uh, again, none of those names are really surprising. The big move, Jake, and I don't know what your feelings were on it, but it was that the Miami Dolphins made a little bit of a roster move, and um, they traded for 23-year-old former 2019 second-round draft pick Greg Little to tackle from Ole Miss. Greg Little replaced Laramie Tunsil when he went into the NFL. But, um, you know, this was a little bit of one of those moves that the Carolina Panthers fan base, you know, they're super stoked. They got even a 2022 seventh-round pick for a former second-round second draft pick in Greg Little. But the Dolphins fans, I mean, this was that veteran guy that we needed there as depth. Um, so what are your thoughts on this move, Jake? Greg Little, now Miami Dolphin. I'm scared that we can say that someone who was drafted in 2019 is an NFL veteran. Uh, that, first of all, is a little spooky to me. Second, the Dolphins, uh, I think, are developing a trend here of exchanging their seventh-round picks just for um, hopeful left tackles. I mean, it was just, what, five months ago they traded a seventh-round pick for Isaiah Wilson. We uh, saw how well that went. Uh, this, too, sticks to the idea that the Miami Dolphins are searching for that depth at tackle. I mean, DJ Fluker, Isaiah Wilson, these are guys that the Dolphins were hoping – could not only be the backup to Austin Jackson, but maybe compete with him, uh, maybe push him to really get the most out of his game because, Josh, we're hearing more and more things about Austin Jackson, giving up pressures, giving up sacks. Yes, it's still practice. Yes, it's still early. Uh, but you don't want to go in there empty-handed. So it seems like this is a move that the Dolphins are focused on, strictly keeping Greg Little at tackle. His skill set really fits uh, – Playing on the outside compared to flipping into guard, you know, that left guard spot still seems to be up in there. But, Josh, at practice on Wednesday, Little was already with the Dolphins, and he was the team's uh, second string left tackle, I believe. Yeah, and again, this isn't a move that a lot of Dolphin fans, you know, we're not sitting here banking on Greg Little becoming, you know, the prospect that the Panthers thought he was. But um, like you said, they're giving up a seventh-round draft pick for a guy who, you know, at one point the Carolina Panthers thought very highly of him. You know, a lot of these draft experts, quote-unquote, felt very highly of him. So what's it hurt for the Dolphins to go out there and, you know, take a chance on a guy, throw another dart like they did with Isaiah Wilson? I don't think we're going to see him, you know, speeding down the road or jumping on top of uh, any cars or anything like that. But, um, again, what he brings is a veteran presence. And like you said, it's crazy to think that a 23-year-old is the veteran on this offensive line. But um, he, he is. He's a veteran in the NFL. And, again, it's just added depth and – um, you just hope some, some way this offensive line shakes out because, again, I think this season could be won or lost based on the trenches. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. 
And Jake, we talked about the offensive line and how important that is. We got to talk about some of these other players that were missing today from joint practices. Got to give credit to Alan Popair of the Sports Illustrated covers Dolphin Maven. Not spot at practice today. Will Fuller, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker, Vince Beagle, Brandon Jones. He also has Seathan Carter and Jamal Davis and Isaiah Ford as other players that were missing. And Noah Igbenogany was spotted in a red contact jersey. Jesse Davis, the new dad, is back at practice. So, uh, again, Jake, you know, we heard Brian Flores say that he was going to probably – probably ease some of these guys back in, you know, a guy like Wilson and Fuller, some of those guys have been banged up, weren't going to see some of these joint practices, but it just gave some of those other players, you know, we saw the video of Jalen Waddle putting uh, AJ Terrell, you know, in the spin cycle, we saw some of those other plays and it's just giving some of these younger guys an opportunity to go out there and showcase that they, you know, they have the skills to be that true number one wide receiver. So do any of these players missing raise a red flag to you, you know, other than maybe the Fullers and the Wilsons of the world? It just still seems like business as usual. You wonder, I guess, what Byron Jones and Vince Beagle are the two you worry about. Vince Beagle, who's uh, his roster spot, I really don't think is guaranteed. So, you know, he hasn't played yet. They're probably still, like you said, what Flores is doing is easing him back in. Josh, we have a little bit more uh, injury news. Tight end Hunter Long is wearing a brace on his knee, according to Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald. Uh, that knee, he injured it last week in practice. He was carted off. Uh, it certainly wasn't sounding like the best situation there. Uh, but he's expecting to be back soon, which is a little bit of a surprise. But, hey, more tight ends, the better, right? Yeah, Jake, and you just wonder how much of that brace on uh, Hunter Long's leg is just, you know, for show. Because, again, this was a guy who was carted off. We thought he might be done for the season. And now the Dolphins are, you know, wheeling him out there to, to at least show to teams, you know, he might be out there sooner than later. So maybe it's just reindeer games. But, again, that leaves guys like an Adam Shaheen, who today at practice, I think, had three touchdowns. You know, it gives other guys those opportunities to go out there and make plays. And I guess, you know, next man up, right? That's just what the NFL is all about. You're 100% right, and you did a little foreshadowing there. Let's recap Wednesday's practice. You mentioned it. Adam Shaheen was the guy in the red zone. He had three touchdowns on the day. Uh, on top of that, Mike Kosicki, people were saying he had like an Odell Beckham-type catch, and he's really starting to feel like that guy, Josh, who's, Josh, who's going to be that big play target. But at the end of the day, I could see him being like second on the Dolphins in terms of total touchdowns on the year. Uh, I could just see him being that you know 20-20 to 20 guy who gets you there pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and they better get that checkbook out sooner or later if they, if they want to keep him around, right? Because they got to make a decision. And that It goes up every day. It's certainly going up every day. I think, what, uh, the highest paid tight ends are right around 15 mil. So uh, he's going to ask that. On the open market, there's no doubt he's going to ask for that to become the highest paid tight end. And uh, that's a conversation for another day, especially with the depth the Dolphins have at tight end. Josh, running backs. It's looking like Salvan Ahmed might have a chance to really grab a hold of this position. Uh, Tua threw a 45-yard touchdown pass to him down the right sideline. Uh, Ahmed got behind an Atlanta defender. Hey, that sounds exactly like what this uh, team did with Jake Brisket going to Ahmed on Saturday. Uh, so, Josh, Gaskin didn't do too much. Malcolm Brown, it's hard to forget a stat line, like nine rushes for eight yards. Uh, Brian Flores has said time and time again that he's going to use a three running back system. But, I mean, Salvan Ahmed sounds like the guy so far who's really um, made us tweet his name more than once. He really has. And, I mean, shame on us because I think at one point, you know, we had a conversation last year, Salvin Ahmed, Miles Gaskin. And I think at the time, you know, we both felt pretty strongly about Salvin Ahmed until, you know, we saw Gaskin come back for that Raiders game. And I think a little bit of our yeah. opinion changed. But, again, it just goes back to the point, you know, this is competition. And, you know, just because we all sat here and said, Miles Gaskin's the guy, you know, he's going to be the RB1 by default. Salvin Ahmed, he's making plays. He's proven to this coaching staff. He can't take me off the field. Again, you mentioned it before about how he was going to be involved in the passing game. This sounds, you said that, 
Jake Brisket pass on uh, touchdown pass on Saturday. This sounds just like that play they showed on the left side and when he ran that wheel route, you know, a couple of weeks ago, where two hit yeah. right on that on that dime. So um, this is something that maybe we should just become accustomed to. But um, it, for those folks who maybe are listening to this that play fantasy football, maybe before you thought Miles Gaskin was the guy, no, I felt a little bit of uh, a li- at least a little bit of certainty that he might be that guy. You know, throw that all out the window. Again, this is that New England backfield, and it's just the way the NFL is turning. And you know, ride the hot hand until the wheels fall off. Josh, speaking of fantasy, I have no idea who I would trust out of those three running backs, out of those two even. I mean, Malcolm Brown seems like a cool fan to a guy who you get the week he has, what, three yards three or three touchdowns. <laughs> yep. But exactly. it's just funny you because, just scam an entire league. But what's so funny is I think two days ago, it was pro football focus. You know, one of their fantasy analysts tweeted out, Miles Gaskin is the key to, could he potentially be the key to winning your fantasy league? And the next day it was Malcolm Brown was starting. So yeah, we don't know what's going on in that backfield, but we just want to see something that isn't, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick leading this team in rushing or anything of that sort, <laughs> because um, what was it? Reed Sinetta, he he looked like he might have had the biggest run of the day on Saturday and we just can't have yeah. that. You're 100% right. Josh, the one thing that stuck out to me, you know, I, I before I got into research, before I started looking up anything about the Falcons and the Dolphins, I was just kind of thinking about what this week could look like, especially for those who get to be in Miami and see these practices. And the one thing that stood out to me, Josh, would be uh, the matchup between Eric Rowe and Kyle Pitts must be such a blast to listen to and see in person. Uh, Rowe got in front of a Matt Ryan throw. Uh, Kyle Pitts had a big play earlier in the day where there's a breakdown in the secondary. So Josh, the secondary against this Falcons offense is certainly getting some work. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest takeaway we've seen this off season in terms of a good unit versus a good unit. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is seriously like, you know, WrestleMania heavyweight, you know, main event title match. I mean, this was kind of something that we alluded to. We would have loved to covered it a little bit more, but that matchup between Eric Rowe, a guy who, you know, has proven in the NFL, he can erase some of the best tight ends going one-on-one with Kyle Pitts. I mean, it looked like it was back and forth, iron sharpens iron. I know the Falcons tweeted out a play where, uh, you know, they had all day. It was a long uh, route where Kyle Pitts had time, but he just put a move on Eric Rowe. And then again, you're hearing that Eric Rowe's breaking up some passes. So that's the matchup you want to see. Someone said, you know, he's probably having flashbacks to, to Darren Waller, but this is the type of, you know, this is the type of matchup and these, these reps and are what's going to make Eric Rowe take that next step. And I even heard Joe Shad mentioned Xavier Howard was lined up on Kyle Pitts. I mean, those are the matchups that I just wish that we could pay a $200 fee or whatever we pay for Sunday ticket and just give me all of this footage. Like, just let Wrong me sit camp. there and watch yep, these games because this is the stuff that, you know, again, this is why we're on Twitter. This is why we write because I'm just getting excited thinking about it. Again, I'm talking about a play where Kyle Pitts at one point, you know, put an okie doke move on Eric Crow, but it was still something that you absolutely love to see. And Jake, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier, but we have to, again, go back to that Jalen Waddle play. I mean, everyone's talking about it right now. And it just seems like it's day after day, you know, with these receivers out with the Fullers and Parkers and some of these other guys, you need your first round pick, the sixth overall pick to go out there and make plays. And again, it looks like from an outsider's perspective, that this is truly a dynamic playmaker. And you just hope that translates game day, because again, I got goosebumps talking about it. Yeah, the outside perspective with Waddle is certainly growing. And Josh, when you kind of stack up the receivers, uh, especially with injuries in mind, you have to think about the guys who have been mentioned the most. Um, and despite there being, what, three, four, five injuries on that receiving court, the guys who are you know, being talked about, the guys who are out there performing, are going to be in line for roster spots uh, despite the competition on this team. So, Josh, you know, when you think right away, the three, four guys who I've heard the most, who I'm starting to get pretty confident about having locked in roster spots, has to be Mac Hollins, Jalen Waddles, a little more of an obvious one, but Robert Foster and even Jakeem Grant, Josh, I think these are four guys who uh, 
unless a complete, you know, crash of a, you know, last half of the preseason, I, I think these four guys are locked into the uh, Miami Dolphins opening day roster. Yeah, you really might be right, Jake. And again, it's anyone's guess. Again, the Dolphins seem to have a pretty good plan in place here with, you know, the different injuries they have. You know, we all sat here and said, why do they have so many receivers? You know, why are they bringing in this guy and that guy? It's because of these injuries. It's because they're, you know, insurance policies. So I want to see the way it shapes out. I know you mentioned Jakeem Grant could be fourth. I think he had another drop around here, um, another drop today, which, you know, that seems like every day. But again, when they're competing against another NFL team and you're competing against the Falcons, you know, the competition's at a whole different level. So, I'm excited to see the way this plays out because, you know, whether it's the offensive line battles, whether it's the secondary, you know, who's going to start a free safety, who's going to start a nickel, you know, these different battles and the way they're shaping out throughout camp. I mean, again, this is what we truly live for. Josh, and then the the biggest concern that's been the concern for many, many moons, the Falcons front seven was eating Miami's offensive line alive all practice long. Again, it's only one practice, so it's only one day, but I I find myself saying that the offensive line – Having a bad day. I feel myself I'm saying that more and more often. Arthur Smith called Grady Jarrett a real dude today, and he made that as the highest compliment. He was a real dude all day. Uh, I'm pretty sure Grady Jarrett beat Austin Jackson for a sack. Jesse Davis gave up a sack. Uh, Josh, these practices have to help this offensive line get better, but what type of developments do we have to see maybe in tomorrow's practice or maybe even Saturday where we can start to feel a little more confident about this group? Obviously, Eichenberg coming back is going to be an addition, uh, but these tweets, especially with how Miami's offense wants to operate, we having to keep Tua protected, I mean, there's got to be an answer out there somewhere. If, if there is, they haven't found it yet, have they, Jake? I mean, it, sure. I, I, don't, I don't know what we can see throughout this week that can truly make us, you know, feel a little bit better. I think the only person that's really saying that this offensive line has shown promise truly is Travis Wingfield. But from an outsider's perspective, I saw Cam Wolf. You know, you saw Adam Beasley. You saw the different reporters discussing how, again, the Falcons' defensive line just had their day. So the Dolphins may have brought this on themselves. I think it was one of their offensive linemen. Maybe it was Hunter. It was Austin Jackson that said they were looking forward to going against Grady Jarrett this week. But, um, you know, again, iron sharpens iron. So maybe maybe one of those centers will stand out. But, um, Jake, I don't know that there's anything we can see that will truly make us feel a little bit better. Khalil Mack, Grady Jarrett, that's a one way to get you prepared for the season. Josh, Nice little tasty fence slider we had here today. Thank you guys so much for joining us to recap Wednesday's practice, go through Miami's roster moves. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you're liking what you're listening to, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button, yes. If you are like what you're listening to, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. And if you have a couple moments, please leave a review. That stuff really helps us out, helps others find the show. And with football season – on the horizon, all we want to do is talk about football, so let's keep that rolling. And you can do just that by following us on Twitter. I am at jmendel94. Look at me. I'm saying it right. We also have Joshua Houts at H-O-U-T-Z. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back on Friday with a preview of Saturday's game between the Falcons and Dolphins. And until then, Joshua, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.
Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami.